Blog Talk Radio. What up, BTR? Behind the eight ball. If y'all remember one of the last episodes of Soprano where they like drove the truck over Uncle Junior's head, I swear to God, I I thought it was just like an abscess I had or something last night. This thing spread to the whole left side of my face, um, and I just feel like I uh, went four rounds with uh, Tyson. Uh, back when he could actually fight. I mean, I am beat up. It's like 70 degrees out, and I got a fucking sweater on in here. So it just took all the fun out of the show. Plus, I got two cats in here, one of which I left in the restaurant last night, a kitten I adopted, and if any of you assholes write about that on the blog, I will find you. Pretty cute little shit. I named her Crush. My other cat's... uh, takes every advantage of whipping her ass thinking she's going to take some of her food and ain't like she's missing any meals herself. Anyway, I was really excited about this show. i got to try to suck it up. Uh, I just can't, I can't talk. I can't think. Um, I think we'll start off with the sponsor information um, because we uh, obviously need to pay the bills. So, um, as always, well, not the last two weeks because uh, the check didn't come, but checks back for they're paid up for another month. So Roscoe's rib check on Redondo, baby. Roscoe's rib check on Redondo, the best ribs in town, and free check cashing between the hours of midnight and six. If you tell them Vinny sent you Roscoe's rib check in or on Redondo, and that's located behind the family pool hall on Lindsay Avenue and Normandy Boulevard. Just make sure if you guys go to do the third-party check, it's good. Kind of had some asshole give them a rotten check about two months ago, and it, it reflects poorly on me and this show, like we need to have any more bad press. Um, last show, first of all, I wanted to say, we, we, we just keep going number one. We started with David Bullock, and that crushed it. I mean, we had over 2,500, I think, when it was all over. Uh, Caliban Dark Lock with some of the worst, shittiest audio uh, ever on his end. That show went number one. I moved my stuff over to the entrepreneur category. I did that show last week, which is the start of this Wise Guy series where I really, really want to bring on some powerful stuff. Uh, that went number one. 
And this one, I was going to even jam back with more stuff in it, but at this point, I'm just going to try to cover what I got on that description, uh, which is the Mercedes story, which I am actually going to be licensing out and uh, to a Cadillac dealership in town for ten grand. And, and by the way, you can do this. Where that's going to be another show I'm going to talk to you about. A lot of you copywriters are so into swiping copy when, in fact, oftentimes you don't have to swipe copy. You can literally just make an arrangement to license the copy from, say, a doctor who's got a control piece that's been running every day for the last year, and it's a full-page ad, and move it to another doctor uh, in a non-competing state or whatever and get paid twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000. i am working on a deal right now with that. I don't have to swipe. I guess I'll have to change the names and the phone numbers. But um, it's also a damn Kennedy ad. I'm pretty much uh, sure, you know, after looking at the style, it's also half page and it's been running every day. This guy's spending a fortune on it because it's making money. Um, why would I want to swipe that? Why not just go license it? And that's something we'll be talking about in a future show. And these cats, get away from me, kitties. All right. Um, we are also going to talk about, oh, we we did a little thing with Rick. Rick's one of the, our regular listeners, and Rick's got that uh, tour he does out there. He's starting up. It's $14,000 a head. It's out in friggin' Mongolia. And when David and I did the show, David mentioned something like, well, you know, maybe your target audience could be. And remember, I told you guys last week, the first step, find out who your baddest buyers are. Well, in his case, he didn't have any yet because he hasn't started the company, but David gave him a pretty good idea. He said, well, maybe these corporate retreats that go out and do those bonding retreats and stuff. I mean, pretty much at that price tag, 10 people, 140 large, right? As I also mentioned on the last show, for those of you paying attention, as I said, when all else fails, look for a gatekeeper. A gatekeeper is someone who has influence with the target audience you are looking for. Influence. Like the lady who told the one girl why she was the top caterer in New York. Just because she said, you know, nobody's ever asked me, I'll tell you. It was because she went and looked, you know, up at the announcement section in the paper. Figured with graduations, weddings, et cetera, they're going to need a caterer. Sometimes just being curious and asking will get you a lot. Well, talked to Rick yesterday. I'm not going to name the name of the guy. But let's put it like this. He made contact with one of the biggest players in marketing. And the way the deal will go down, if he does it right, is that marketer will get his trip free, but he'll bring his other nine homies at $14,000 a pop. My mind ain't working too well, but I think 14000 times nine comes to $126,000. That's extracting money out of thin air by using a gatekeeper. Who are other gatekeepers you can use? Who's been getting really beat up? Travel agents. I dated one two years ago. She told me she got paid 50 bucks to book a ticket. I told him, I said, the money in travel for those who have left, I mean, they're still there because most have left due to the online, you know, cheaptickets.com and Priceline, are these specialized tours. Pay them well. Don't be cheap. Give them at least 1000 bucks. 
they got the Rolodex. It's basically affiliate marketing, but it'll be travel agents who are qualified to do it. I mean, again, another gatekeeper. These things are not hard to do. Now, I'm going to do a church example. I also told you guys about the, 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 you know, the private school on the last show where you don't look for motivated sellers. You create motivation where people are giving away houses at a substantial discounts, and people are then overpaying for them, and, and the spread you create, you split. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another example, but this one only makes like four to $800, but maybe that's more real for some of you, and it's done with the church, which is the ultimate passion-based organization. Now, you could either do this particular model and keep, take none of the money and just give it all to the church, or if you got a little capitalist in you, and I don't think there's anything that's uh, particularly wrong with that, you split it with them. Very simple. I'll show you how to do that. We're doing that now. we got a girl that's uh, set up... Uh, this model with us, so we do about six, seven hundred dollars on the split, but it's so simple. It's, I mean, and again, requires not a dime upfront money. Okay, I would, I hope to God I got my head together enough, and I am in some pain, and I am going to try to go through this a lot slower than I normally would. But here's how it goes. You don't. A lot of you think you have to be some big hot shit salesman in order to sell anything, much less high ticket items. It's not about being a salesman. It's about words. Words are so powerful. It's about the way you use words. It's about the way you position yourself. Okay. Um, this particular model can be applied to other things than selling Mercedes Benzes. However, the reason I'm using it is because, as we all know, a Mercedes-Benz is a pretty high-ticket item. Gentlemen in a state, which I won't allow to rename nameless, um, basically became the top Benz dealer in, not for a certain dealership, but he became a what you call a rogue dealer. He just sold more Mercedes-Benz than anybody in the state. And he got to the point after about three weeks where he did not even show up to the office anymore. Didn't have to. And it wasn't about being a great salesman because he really wasn't. A lot of you who are into the car thing probably read the Joe Girardi books. And, you know, let's be honest. Most people buy a car from Joe because he's a celebrity. Hey, I bought a car from Joe Girardi. You know, Joe mails everybody the cards. He, I mean, Joe goes crazy. And I love his books. But let's be honest. When you go in to see Joe Girardi, you're already predisposed to buy a car from Joe Girardi at this point. The guy's famous. Come on. I I, I, mean, I don't think Joe has to close you. You're closed before you go see Joe Girardi. Joe Girardi is now Joe Girardi. I keep forgetting. All right. Anyway, there's this dealership. And, of course, the old, you know, I know everything owner who had been running it for 30 years had very little use for the consultant who came in who was brought in by his son to try to boost sales with the you know sales staff and there was about 10 of them so he pretty much kiboshed it he told basically everybody don't listen to a thing this guy fucking says he doesn't know shit i've been doing this for 30 years he's been doing it for 30 seconds well what ended up happening is one of the guys got it there's always one who gets it and a little gentleman's agreement was made. 
little friendly wager, which went like this. We'll take this one guy up. Kitty, move, please. I'm, I got I, I two cats under my feet. We will take this one guy, this one salesman, give me four hours to work with him, and we'll put him up over the next two weeks against all nine of your people combined. Okay? And we'll see who sells the most Mercedes-Benz. And again, at the time, this was on a lot. All right. Now, the first day the guy goes out there, I'm not going to tell you, you know, what was said yet. I can tell you that the first um, day he went out there, he didn't sell anything. And by the way, before we get into this, the single fastest way to make more money in anything you do is change the way you talk. The words you use will determine everything. Words are powerful. Anybody that sticks to the stones will break by now, you know, about that cliche, they're, they're full of shit. You do not have to be a superstar salesperson to understand and utilize the power of words. Okay? So, again, we got one Mercedes deal, dealer salesman against nine. First day goes out, dead last. Not even sure he stole anything. Second day, dead last. Not sure he stole anything. Third day, dead last. Might have sold one. And this went on for a week or two. After about the second week, homeboy all of a sudden outsells all of these other nine jerk-offs by himself. And it wasn't a fluke. He kept doing it and doing it. And then finally left the dealership altogether, never even showed up. And if he did show up, it was just to pick up a car from them because they had a better price. See, he began he began to sell Mercedes for every dealer in the state. And here's what he did verbatim. And you guys, I'm telling you, this is one I didn't even know if I was even going to put out there because, you know, but then again, 90% of you don't take action on anything. But if you, if you guys get this, it will, it, it will give you 90 to a hundred percent compliance on almost anything you're trying to sell. Okay. Those of you who are familiar with Mercedes will understand this a little better, but just Follow along, pretend it's a widget if you don't. What this salesman would do is uh, when somebody came on the lot, everybody else just jumped on him. You know, I mean, the, the typical car, used car salesman cliche. That's why we all hate walking on lot because you get gang raped by, you know, these guys in bad suits. Pardon my jargon on that. That wasn't really appropriate. But you know what I'm talking about. You, you get pummeled, and all they want to do is talk about the the, 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 the the features of the car, the car, the car, the car, the car, that you're standing by or whatever. They don't really get into what you want. They don't really give a shit. They want to sell this car right here, and you're going to buy it. And they just pound you and pound you and pound you and pound you. Okay. What our guy did was something that is... 
I mean, it's so it's so it makes sense to me, but apparently it doesn't make sense to the auto industry because I've talked to people in the auto industry and they don't even do this much. Um, he found out what kind of Mercedes the majority of the people that walked under the lot actually wanted. Here's something that most Mercedes-Benz dealers don't even know. Most people who look at an E-Class, okay, Mercedes, will in fact buy an S-Class if the price is right. 70%, and I might add there's a 20000 difference in price. I've yet to talk to anybody in a Mercedes-Benz dealer who knew that figure. Our guy knew that figure because he talked to approximately 100 people, and he got a consensus of 70%. See, while everybody else was selling and being pushy, and our guy was gathering information and building his list, okay? Again, most dealers are totally fucking clueless as to the figure of 70%. And again, um, just because he walks up and looks at an E-Class, our guy figured out pretty quickly that 7 out of 10 would go up higher and obviously they'd have more money, right? Okay. He wasn't being a salesman in the traditional sense that we see in the movies. He wasn't pounding these guys. He was getting some basic criteria from them. Okay. Here's how you get them to say yes. You have to start off, number one, and this applies to anything, so pay really close attention, guys. I'm sick and barely ever talk self talk. It's so fucking important it can and it really can change your life. One, you have to know what the people want. Now, these other giant salesmen just assumed that whatever car they're standing by, that's what they wanted. Our guy, based on just some simple compliance dialogue, realized that seven out of ten of these people even if they're standing, you know, by an E-Class, 7 out of 10 would take an S-Class if the price was right. And, and it didn't have to be a huge discount either. That's, that's, that's very important. 7 out of 10, that's 70%. Now, here's the, here is what you do next, and this is where this technique is something you, you, you just flat out never heard before. You haven't heard this before. Because you know not everybody buys the first time they show up. We know it. They want you to go out. I, I used to sell RVs. Very, very, I don't think I ever sold a $300,000 RV the first time a guy came to the lot. Why? Because he's shopping. He's going to look at mine, and he's going to go down and look at uh, you know, Landry's work and play, and he's going to work at RV land. Here's crucial step number two. Once you get this data, and you've talked to this guy, you then transform yourself into him, okay? You become your client and do exactly what your client would be forced to do to get all the information on this car he wants. That could include jumping on the Internet, going through the yellow pages, you, uh, uh, you know, whatever, Get in, you would get you or get your 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 assistant to get on the phone and call every other dealer uh, in the state who sold that car, and you would again do exactly what this guy is gonna do. 
Now, you already know what he wants. Now, you know, pretty much, you've explored all the options and know what's out there. Now, you want to put some minor criteria on this deal. Okay? I'm going to use this example. Okay, uh, Mr. Jones, there are 14 Benz dealers in Podunk, Arizona. Eleven of them certify the Mercedes to make sure the engine doesn't blow up. So the other three I wouldn't even bother with. I have relationships with all 11 of these dealers. You can buy a Benz from anybody, but these are the peeps who actually do the inspection. They're the only ones. So out of the 14, these 11 do it. There are only 11 in the entire state certified to sell the exact Benz that you're looking for. Okay? If you you want me to... I can pull that list up right now. We can sit down, and we can pick out the best one for you. Would you like me to get that list for you? I'm telling you guys, if you use compliance dialogue, it works 90 to 100% of the time. Who is going to say no to that? See, you're not pushing your own dealership. Now, we're going to get into how this works more in a minute. When the guy walks on the lot and he heads over to the E-Class, You ask him a simple question. This is an E-Class Mercedes. Is that what you're looking for? You're either going to get a yes or a no. Most of them are going to say this. In this case, because we we already know, right? Most are going to say, yeah, this or an S-Class. So you repeat to them. So you want to buy an E or an S-Class. Get that confirmation from them. Well, just so you know, sir, there are 14 dealers in Indiana who sell an S-Class 430. um, And they certify it so your engine doesn't blow up when you go over 50. And I I have deals with every single one of them in place right now. I could actually put that list together for you, sit down. And you can pick out the best car for yourself. Would you like me to get you that list? We can sit down together and pick out the best deal for you. Would you like me to get you that list? I'm telling you, people, do you see the the, the, the approach compared to what these other yahoos are doing? God, your wife's going to love this. Jump on in. Let's go test our boom, boom, boom. The guy, you know, runs into a tree. All this time, this two weeks, where this guy wasn't selling anything, what was he doing? He was compiling information. He was getting some criteria. And then just repeated it back to him. Like I said, when the guy's standing by an E-class, he said, are you interested in E-class? guy would say, an E or an S. Oh, so you're actually interested in an E or an S-class. Okay. 
maybe throw one more piece of criteria on, and you say black, correct? Okay, well, I know seven dealers in New Jersey that sell it certified black, and they sell the 460S. I've got a, a VIP price relationship with all of them, and I actually have that list I can compile within 10 minutes. Would you like us to sit down together? Would you like me to get you that list? You can use this to sell anything, almost. Okay? Real estate, uh, furniture, pool tables, the formula is simple. It doesn't matter what you're selling or what industry you're in. The formula is simple. A, find out what the fuck they want. Let the majority rule. Figure out what the consensus is. You want to be around 78% commonality. So if you talk to, you know, and, and, and you could be doing this. I mean, any car dealership that isn't asking, you know, a simple a simple little card that just says three things on it would be would be worth gold because then now we're going back to where we're targeting what the people actually want, not what we think they want, not what we're shoving their asses into. They're telling us what they want. Okay? And by the way, you may not, when you do this, Here's, here's step two of something I used to tell barter arbitrage students. Anything that can be sold in the world, almost every time, if you can provide the one thing that that owner wants, a buyer, he will pay you. So our guy did not position himself as, you got to buy it for me. Nope. He quickly got on the phone with the other 14 Benz dealers and said, look, I'm over here at this lot, but I've got, you know, a list of people who want a, you know, S-Class Benz in black, and I just want to know that if I can get them over to you anytime I call you within 24 hours, will you give me a VIP price? Guys, almost. In fact, I think it was 100% compliance. Who's going to turn that down? This is another guy who works at another dealer. Just said, you know, wherever I got to go. Because some cars were here, some were here, some were there. It worked. Once you find out what the people want, do what the people do. If a guy wants a swimming pool... And he says, I want a swimming pool, and then you determine it's the shape. Of, okay, so you want a swimming pool that's 10 feet deep, and it's uh, it's shaped like your wife's ass, right? Okay, well, sir, I know four uh, contractors here in town that make that exact pool. I have a VIP price with every single one of them. I could put that list together for you. By this afternoon, we can sit down together, and you can pick out the best pool, the best price for you, for yourself. Would you like me to get you that list? You guys see the difference there, the positioning? Do you see this? But you have to become your customer. Once you find out he wanted that pool in the shape of his wife's ass, 10 feet, you got to now get you or your assistant to become your customer. Do what they would do. If you were looking for a 10-foot pool in the shape of your wife's ass, where would you go? Would you hit the yellow pages? Do what they would do. That way you have the jump on them. That way they can't tell you, which is what buyers are liars, by the way. They used to make a chant that they can't say, oh, well, 
I can get it cheaper than at Larry's Pool Supply. No, they can't because you've already called Larry and you got a better price. You got a 24-hour VIP price set in place. And by the way, in Barter Arbitrage, we did an experiment. Um, some people thought, oh, it might be illegal. Well, screw it. If you think that, don't do it. I said, write every car deal, write, pick a car dealership and say, by the way, if I send you a buyer, what will you pay me? Every uh, Kitty, you're about to get put through the up, upright. Uh, it's going to look like Norwood's field goal in a minute. Ah, this cat's driving me crazy. Do you guys understand what I'm saying here? Uh, and the cat gets through my whole basis of uh, what I was trying to think off here, cause, uh, which isn't hard today. If somebody calls up about a three-bedroom, you got a, a bandit side out, three-bedroom, two-bath home. The first thing normally somebody starts doing is talking about 40 things about the house. Person calls up, hi, I'm calling about the three-bedroom, you know, two-bath home. Okay, so you're interested in a three-bedroom, two-bath home. Oh, and you're interested, and then you get a confirmation. And they'll add something else. On the south side, okay, and um, you want to have a swimming pool. That's about all the criteria. And you confirm that with them. Now, if you're in that real estate business, you've got three sets of criteria, and you run that through your real estate agents, your investors, or whatever it is you're doing. You call them up and say, okay, Joanne, here's the deal. I've got relationships with 17 real estate investors, four brokers, and between all of them, we've come up with 13 houses on the south side with a pool, three-bedroom, two-bath, that fit your parameters. I can get this list put together in about an hour, and we can sit down together, and you can pick out the house you want. Would you like me to get you that list, Joanne? Here's another one. Damn, Vinny, I'd like to make 30% of my money. Got this extra $20 million, man, just burning a hole in my pocket. Where can I do it? All right, well, let me tell you, Charles, here's the deal. There's 17 mutual funds um, that obtained results of 30% or more over the last five years. Unfortunately, the four of those are based in the United States, and they've only been around a year. The other 13 have been around for five, six, or seven years. And I could easily just, you know, go in there and I can be happy to sit down and pull that list up and we can sit down together and pick one out for you. Would you like me to do that? Would you like me to get you that list? Do you guys, do, 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 is this making sense, guys, at all, what I'm trying to show you here? Find out what they want, put a little criteria on it. I mean, if somebody called and says they want a house. Well, what the fuck does that mean? I mean, you got to have a little criteria on it. You know, three bedroom, two bath, pool, whatever. Yeah, but not don't overdo it. You know, three pieces of criteria is enough. Okay, then you become your customer. All of a sudden, you're no longer trying to sell. You're actually your customer. What is he going to do when he leaves? He's lying to you when he says, I'll think about it. No, he's going down. Okay, so you do all that. Pick up the phone book. Go to the Internet. Do every possible thing this guy is going to do. 
okay? Get all the information on your own competitors who sell what your client wants. How many options do your clients have? Contact your competitors and tell them, I have a buyer. I want a special VIP price. I want, I, I don't, I, I, you know, I want a VIP price in the next 24 hours. You, I, I, I won't even do anything. I'll just send him over. Give me a portion of the cut. You know, again, it's that simple. When you're trying to sell a house, somebody calls about the house, don't spend an hour talking about the house. Never do that when selling anything. Never mention more than one or two benefits or features about the product service you're trying to sell. When someone asks asks you a question, answer with one thing about it. Ask that confirmation question. Uh, Three-bedroom, two-bath house, is that what you're looking for? Or somebody calls about an Xbox. You respond, yeah, I got the Xbox 360. Is that what you're looking for? Get a confirmation, yes or no. If they say something other than no, it means they want it, but they might be open to something else. That's where you get into the upsells. That's where you get into the difference between a uh, you know twenty thousand dollars difference in the price of that Mercedes. Like I said, if yes, if the answer is yes, hit them with three criteria. Okay, you want an Xbox three sixty. Um, you want it black, and you want it uh, between five hundred and six hundred dollars. Then repeat that back to them. If you're selling a house, same thing. So you're looking for a three bath, four bedroom. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So let me get this straight. You're looking for a four bath, three bedroom on the north side, and you want it to have a swimming pool. Is that correct? Now you just got three, two more criteria. Yes. When you do this, if you've got a sign out for a house you don't even own, by the way, I've told some of you that there's a couple in Boston that pay their mortgage selling leads off ugly signs that say for sale in front of their house that they have no intention of selling. Brilliant. They live right on an intersection. You can do that, or you can pay somebody 50 bucks and stick it up there. You don't have to worry about the side Nazis, which I know so many of you are afraid you're going to get cuffed and stuffed, for God's sake. This is what will take you from doing a sale a week to five sales a week. And by the way, how did this end up? This guy doesn't even go to the lot anymore. People want to buy from him. He has a list. He's got their names. He knows what they want, and it, he, he and, and he doesn't. The dealership calls down. He sells. He's a rogue Mercedes seller. Just by getting a little criteria and then making that twenty-four hour VIP deal. So he'll he'll work with ten different Mercedes dealers. The world's his oyster. You can do it with swimming pools. You can do it with anything. You're not being a pushy salesman. You're actually finding out what they want, getting a little criteria, then becoming 
who you know then exploring the options that they would explore in order to find it and and you'll be way ahead of them because you're going to be able to get a better price and one of the fun ways to do this is when Uncle Charlie comes out oh, I shouldn't say Uncle Charlie every time I say Uncle Charlie it reminds me of the time uh Oh, God, he was starting meth off a Bowie knife and maybe he promised not to tell. I was like, nine, Father, I'm so fucked up in the head now. Anyway, um, if your Uncle Charlie, let's change that name, I can't use it. If Uncle Jim's coming down from uh, from Michigan and he's going to buy an RV for sure, go to the RV place he's going to buy it at and say, hey, by the way, I got uh, my uncle... Coming in from Michigan, I want to. He's going to buy an RV. I want to take him to the best RV uh, place in town. Who would that be? Oh, you really? Okay. What kind of finder's fee are you going to give me if he comes and drives out of here with a two hundred thousand dollar diesel pusher? You're going to get paid right there. They will pay you. Trust me, they will. It may not technically be legal for the car company to do it. Check with your lawyer if you're scared. They'll do it though. Trust me, they'll do it. And now you've already started a relationship. I call it cut them off at a pass. Anybody you know that's going to go buy anything, just just get there before them and make the deal. Hey, by the way, uh, my Aunt Flo's coming in, um, and she's going to buy this porcelain pink flamingo that's been sitting in your store for 27 years because it's marked up at $1,900, and no living human would even be caught dead with it. She's going to buy it. What do you give me? Any buyer, excuse me, any seller out there will almost always give you a cut if you could produce the one thing they want more than that autoresponder or anything else. And that's a buyer for whatever the hell it is they're selling. Because a buyer equates to money, and that's the name of the game, honey. Got it? Okay, I am going to have to move along a little bit here um, because I went way too long on that. But, again, if you've got a site out that you're trying to sell home for real or fantasy, you know, again, compliance dialogue. Okay, I have 14 agents, 17 homes. That fits your criteria if you want. I can get a list, and we can sit down together, and you can pick out the best home and price. Would you like me to get you that list? Again, construction, same thing. Get three items of criteria. They want a garage. They want pavement. They want a bigger bathroom. Get a consensus. And then figure out where these people are going to go besides you. In the case of that construction guy, there were only four others. Okay? So he had a deal in place with all of them. Then you go back to the customer. You want to get this done? All right, no problem. There are four builders certified in this state that can get you that bathroom, that pavement, that other thing that you want, whatever. I can get you the list. We could sit down, you and I, and you could pick out the best one. You will damn near get 100% compliance if you if you use, you know, if you word this right. It's not a script either. You could use it use it in the way you you know feel comfortable. But again, when dealing with any client, get the criteria, ask the confirmation question, take the criteria and become the customer and find out what they want, 
go to their competitors, set up the deal, and, uh, you know, have the dealers give you a cut rate price if you bring the buyer in within 24 hours after you speak to them. And eventually you won't even have to show up to a lot. You don't even need a dealership if you're doing cars. This 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 would I can't even tell you if car dealers did this they would we wouldn't have car bankruptcies in this country instead of being some asshole salesman you've changed the positioning you know again same thing with IPOs we talked about it doesn't matter it does not matter um let me check the time I told you guys about destruction of companies I've got. Oh, I got 20 minutes. Okay, for you people that are stuck in internet marketing or, or media buying or whatever, this is literally how you can destroy your competition. Go from five sales, you know, a month, five sales a day, to 500 sales a day, and it's simple metrics. The problem is most of you don't even have a friggin' clue what your metrics are. So if you don't, it's going to be very difficult for you to even grasp. Most of my listeners are, are fairly savvy. I posted a little bit about this on Facebook, but I'm going to show you why it's so devastating. Um, company A. Company A needs three leads. I hope most of you know what a lead is. You'd be surprised how many companies I talk to don't know what a fucking lead is. They need three leads to create a $100 sale. That breaks out to $33.33 a lead. So they they say to themselves, hmm, if I spend $16.50 per lead, I'm going to double my money. And you know what? If they just get that far, they're smarter than most. Because you know what? 80% of the businesses out there couldn't even tell you that. Scary shit. Company two is a little brighter. Company two is a little brighter. They say, well, we make $100 a sale, um, take three leads to create the sale or the client. If we pay $33 a lead, we're still going to double our money because our numbers, our metrics indicate that within 30 days we do an additional $100. So we're going to pay $33, and we're still going to double our money. Now, they're smarter, but they know their metrics. And by the way, I am so sick of hearing about lifetime value of a customer, because how the hell do you know that until the guy shoots snake eyes and dies? Concentrate on what your customer's worth over the course of a year, or even more importantly, make sure you got it down for the course of the 90 days or six months, and do a real good job of that. Far more important than the lifetime value. So I think that's something somebody came up with to impress chicks at cocktail parties. It's never been something I've been a real big fan of. Company three, he's about to put you two out. Company A, you're smart. At least you know your metrics and you know how to price them. Company B, you are smarter. You're actually in the top 5%. But now I'm going to tell you about Company C. He's going to put you fuckers out of business, bankrupt you, and totally dominate his market. Because he's going to do something that doesn't even make sense to some of you. He's sitting in the same 
same metrics, by the way. He needs, except he does his metrics a little better than the rest of them, he needs three leads to create a client. Okay? Um, say, let's use the same $100 sale. So it would be $33 a sale. I mean, $33 a lead, three. And he gets that extra 100 like Company B did. What is he going to pay? Actually, he's going to pay 100 a lead. Hello? See, he's tracked his leads a little further and realizes that within 90 days he picks up another $200. So I'd be a high-end doctor or plastic surgeon. Now, just why would anybody just, I mean, that's like going to an auction and somebody's bidding, and they go $5, $6, $7, uh, here, I'm over here, $1,000. You know why? If you are doing media buying and you're offering $100 a lead and you do this only when you have your metrics down to a science, you have completely prioritized every relevant player. They don't give a shit about the 1650 or the 33. They are going to give you everything you want. You will have your money tied up a little longer, but you will make a ton more of it because of the sheer massive volume amount of sales. If you think a person who pays $16.50 a lead gets the same treatment as a guy who pays 100 a lead, baby, you're living in a little land of elves and fairies. Media buys. Get your numbers straight. A lot of you are really good at it, but a lot of you are cheap bastards, too. You can take over... I mean, it is the difference, really, between going bankrupt or public when you do that. We talked about the radio a little bit on Facebook. My guy is a uh, neuropathy guy. He runs, um, God, I try to think what the budget is. A couple thousand, produces X amount of leads. I told him, here's what we're going to do. We called the radio station up. Hey, we've been with you for three years. Um, and we are, you know, the guy's making money. I mean, he, it is profitable. I said, instead of us paying you 2000 we'd like to pay you on a per-call basis, like $50. And it should work out to, you know, end up getting about 8000 Well, I mean, this this executive had to get with somebody, but they couldn't believe it. When you do it like that, guess, I mean, the commercial is playing at all hours of the day, prime time, non-prime time, midnight, dust, dawn. He, he increased his advertising to a per-call basis. And it's got to be, you know, there's some criteria. It's got to be, can't be a jerk off calling in and breathing in the phone, and then we'd pay him fifty bucks. You set it up, but we ended up going from spending two thousand, I think, to eighty eight hundred dollars. Okay, so that's about six thousand dollars, sixty six hundred more than we were spending. He did an extra thirty five thousand dollars. 
because of his transactions and just by simply tracking a little bit. See, these, these consultants that they teach you, like set-offs, they, they go in and charge them 1500 to develop and integrate their USB. Are you fucking kidding me? Please, go in and show them the money. And you can you can get not only get paid, you can take ownership of the company if you so desire. If you know your metrics and you base and, I, and I'm not saying you need to know lifetime value and all this shit. And it, and if you want the best book ever written on metrics, it's Claude Hopkins Scientific Advertising, written seventy, eighty, hundred, whatever it was. It's on Amazon.com. Buy it. It's all you need to know. It's all contained in that book. That's how I'm dead serious, too. I haven't found a better one yet. Just ones that use fancier words. Okay. Church. We talked about passion-based organizations. I have a lot of rel- – I, I, and I appreciate it, too. When a guy like me can get pastors and real religious guys like my man Charles, uh, Charles Terrence Harper, a lot of these guys – uh, our, our church goes, and, and, and I really appreciate You guys give religion a good name. I'm not a real religious person, very spiritual. But I have had, I mean, I, I am the quintessential sinner, and these guys have stuck by me, and I, I want to do this one for you guys. You can do it two ways. You don't have to feel bad about making money because you're going to be making your church money too, and it's money they wouldn't have. Or it's money they'd have to sell a lot of baked products and stuff like that. That, that and I just... You know, time is money. We just pulled this one off. I taught this to a girl. She just did it with her trip. Are you going to get rich? No. I'm trying to give you guys an example so it's more real for you. The congregation, I think, had like 400. I think this was Baptists. It doesn't matter, by the way. I shouldn't have even said that because it really doesn't matter. It's whatever church you belong to, Baptist, Catholic, I don't care. But I think this just happened to be a Baptist church because down here in this area of Florida, that's predominantly what they are. She made a deal. And again, I'm starting to find out that an attractive girl with a pretty voice can can make things happen way better than I can because I just don't have the time in my schedule. I'm sleeping in the day. She said, "Here, she said, sir, we uh, I represent uh, XYZ uh, Christian uh, Church. We have about 500 parishioners. I think that's the word, right, guys? And we are looking for the best dentist to send them to in exchange we let you know and of course you make the dentist qualify himself you, you, you don't turn this around to a telemarketing call anyway it was arranged for a one time fee of $40 to be paid from that dentist because the dentist tracked his metrics he's not just you know he might have been a heathen he, I don't know if he did it he wouldn't get doing it for the kindness of his heart he knew that that 40 bucks that each new client might be worth, you know, 400 to them over the next three months. Um, they did 40 new patients over the first, I think, 60 days. Um, not a ton of money, but it was 1600 They gave the church 800 The girls took the other 800 She has since now added a new business that pays a $30 per head for showing up that's 15 and 15 and if you only did this with three businesses see what you're doing is you're taking advantage of a crowd and it's a passion based crowd 
Um, and before they whistle in my ear, I'm going to tell you guys the best church fundraiser, if you guys just really want to make your church a lot of money, because I know there's a lot of elderly, elderly people in some of these churches, I'm going to tell you what the number one best-selling item on eBay is, has been, and probably always will be. And that's diabetic test strips. One touch ultra FLIR. Before they came out and glutted the market, you've seen the ads. Um, this was one of the greatest ways to make money. I would buy boxes of 50 for 5 bucks, boxes of 100 for 10 bucks, and I would sell them for 70 $60, as fast as I could list them on eBay. Now, as a business model, it's a little tougher now because everybody's doing it and you see the ads everywhere. If I was a member of a church, I would stand up there and I'd say, guys, I know a lot of you have diabetes. A lot of you have changed meters and you're stacking up boxes that you can't even use. I bought 12 boxes from a guy, actually my uh, ex-business partner Sylvia did, we paid him a little more because this poor guy hardly had a penny, but he said they keep sending them to me and I don't use them anymore. And they weren't expired. Gave him $120, and I think we ended up turning that into $1,000. I guarantee if you got a church with any amount of people, they got diabetic test strips that they're not using because they switch beaters. And go look on eBay if you don't believe me. Go put One Touch Ultra or whatever that. It doesn't matter. As long as it's sealed and not expired, it's a great fundraiser. But, again, that church method with the dentist, I set that up, had the girl on the phone, set up the same day. It's not that hard to track either. You know, everybody's worried, oh, you're going to get fucked on the deal. No, you're not. There's there's tracking systems. This, you guys make stuff way too hard. And those of you who are that paranoid about that, if you do get screwed on the deal, move along. You could have got screwed worse. That's the way I look at shit. So many people are always worried about, you know, you, I, do you think the dentist is going to screw the church? Do you think that's real good PR for him? And the thing about a dentist, everybody needs to go to, go to a dentist. So they wanted to go. They'd go in and even on one lady said, well, I think I'll go get my teeth whitened because I know, you know, some of the money's going back to the church. And when people know that, they go even when they don't feel like going. And, it, and then you can set this up with, you know, you're providing. And by the way, the, the dentist isn't being altruistic. He's making money. He's giving away $40, but trust me, he's making more because you don't just go see the dentist once. And trust me, these people will probably go back and see him again because they like the fact that he initially gave the money to the church. Do you guys see the positioning on that? Passion-based organization. And I threw the diabetic test strip thing in just because I think it's, it, it, because it's the easiest thing on eBay to sell. It's the biggest markup. And instead of trying to go out and buy them, have your prisoners just bring them in. Do a little research. There are certain ones that can't use, like the government ones that have the yellow tape. But just go on eBay completed listings. It will blow your mind. It remains the best-selling product on eBay. You can make your church three, four, five thousand dollars, literally on buy it now uh, after collecting them. And I'm not advocating taking people's diabetic test strips who need them. That is not what I said. 
I'm saying there are a lot of people that switch these meters and they get a new strip. The other strips keep coming or they got a bunch of boxes. Ten boxes of 100 one-touch ultras that do you no good are just going to expire. But if you put them on eBay, there's you know, $600, Don't believe me? Look. As I always say, what do I know? I want you guys to think about that Mercedes story and why it's so effective. It's not salesmanship. It's it's words. It's finding out what the person wants. It's becoming the person and figuring out, if I were him, what would I do next? Oh, I'd go down to this guy's lot. And you can have these deals. If that's what you want to specialize in and is Mercedes, Make sure you got to deal with every Mercedes dealer in town. They don't. They're, they're going to love you. And then just get a little criteria, and then use that famous look. Based on what you want, we can eliminate eighteen of these people. There's seven. I have a great relationship with, so they know you're not just pimping your place. You know, they seven. One's over across town. One's here. Shit. One's in Rhode Island, but that's okay. I got seven. I could put that list together, we can sit down, and you can pick out the best one for yourself. Would you like me to get you that list? Compliance will go through the roof. This man went on to become the number one Mercedes seller in the state by far and does not own a dealership, nor does he even work on a lot anymore. Believe it or not, doesn't matter to me the truth. I am actually implementing this. We are going to be talking about licensing again next week. Simple stuff. You copywriters who want to uh, swipe, you don't need to do it. You don't need to do it. I'm going to show you how to find controlled pieces that you can go and take from one person and give to another and get fifteen to twenty five thousand dollars plus royalties if you want to go that route. I choose to keep it simple. And then you go split that money with the original person who held the piece. Easy money. And only you have the right to license it. So the person you give it to doesn't get to go do the same thing you are. Very cool stuff. I'm gonna show you Kindle people who are doing all these, like, 400 fucking Kindle books, a new market where you can write one book for one person, get paid $25,000 and be done with it. We'll talk about that next week. Guys, I feel like shit. I apologize. I love all you. Um, I got to run. The timer's going off, and uh, uh, Vinny is totally out of gas here. And, uh, again, I feel bad. I'm sorry it felt like shit tonight. Uh, it don't sound good, and I don't feel any better. May you live to see the. May you live to see the dawn. May all your dreams come true. May you always remain forever young, and as always, stay legendary. And Samantha Harris, thank you. I needed to get the dedication out to you at the beginning, but I got it out at the end, sweetheart. Really sweet, nice girl from down under Australia. You know, Vinny loves the living Newton John. I love everything Australian. Peace. Take care, everybody. God bless.